All right. Welcome in and welcome back to the Running Hoops podcast, brought to you by Super Chicks, the home of the last true chicken sandwich. Super Chicks has just opened its first location in Michigan. Any listeners in Michigan? Hit me up. Also, they've got locations coming soon to San Jose and Ogden, Utah. You may have heard of that place. You can find their menu and locations on their website at superchicks.com. And remember, it's chicks with an X dot com. A quick reminder to follow the show on Twitter at Running Hoops. If you want to support the show and specifically the NIL thing that we're doing with Brandon Carlson, you can do that on Venmo at Running Hoops. Also, if you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and a review. That really helps. And on Spotify, you can just rate the show, but that helps too. All right, on today's episode, Utah's top target in recruiting makes his decision, plus Chris Burgess speaks, and I've got my thoughts on the fact that there will be no night with the running Utes this season. But first, let's hit a couple of news and notes. According to Jeff Goodman on Twitter, and also a hat tip to 311 Ute on Twitter for notifying me of this at first, Utah will play Santa Clara in a secret scrimmage on October 22nd, and that should be a really good test for the running Utes ahead of this season. Herb Sendek has done a really nice job with the Broncos there at Santa Clara. They're picked sixth in the West Coast Conference this year by the media in the preseason. BYU, also on Utah's schedule this year, was picked third. So Santa Clara, October 22nd, secret scrimmage. That should be a very interesting thing if we get any information about it. Other secret scrimmages around the Pac-12 of note. Arizona will take on St. Mary's in Phoenix in a secret scrimmage. Arizona State's actually got two on their docket, Grand Canyon and UC Irvine. Cal will take on Utah State. Colorado will take on Wyoming and Nebraska in scrimmages. Oregon is going to get Boise State and Oklahoma. Oregon State doesn't have one, shocker. Stanford is going to take on BYU and UC Santa Barbara. UCLA is going to get San Diego State in their secret scrimmage. USC will get Fresno State. And friend of the podcast, Stan Johnson and the Loyola Marymount Lions. Washington will also get one against Utah State. So Utah State with two secret scrimmages against Pac-12 schools And then Washington State rounds out the secret scrimmage list with one against Loyola Marymount and one against Portland State. In Pac-12 hoops injury news, somehow I missed this, but Oregon State's Christian Wright, a transfer from Georgia, suffered a knee injury over the summer and will miss some time at least early on in the season. In Pac-12 recruiting news, five-star 2023 guard Wesley Yates has committed to Washington. This is a big get for the Huskies. They beat out a bunch of good teams for Yates Services. He's number 30 in the 24-7 sports composite rankings. USC also grabbed a pair of commitments. Four-star guard Silas DeMary Jr. He's number 59 in the 24-7 sports rankings. And four-star Aronson Page, a 6'9 forward, ranked 52 in the 24-7 sports rankings it must be nice it must be nice and then washington state has also added a 
commit for next season. Cochise College Center Oscar Clough, a freshman out of Australia, has committed to the Cougars, so he will be heading up to Pullman next year. All right, let's get to the bad recruiting news for Utah and what it means. Can I get some can I get some music? All right. Well, Utah's runaway top target in the 2023 recruiting class, Keanu Dawes, made his college decision this week and he has decided to commit to Rice. Well, there's no real way to sugarcoat this one. It definitely hurts for the running Utes. They went all in on Keanu Dawes and did not land him. Now, choosing Rice is really a totally out of left field choice for Dawes. Most people seem to think that Texas A&M was the team to beat here. You think about Buzz Williams, his energy, the results he's had, like that would make a, have made a ton of sense. But no, it was his other finalist out of the state of Texas. And I've gotten to interact with Keanu a little bit through his recruiting process. He's a good kid. He's a nice kid. I hope he gets what he's looking for at Rice. And I wish him, you know, nothing but the best. With some kids, yes, it's a little bit of the old John piece. I wish him nothing. But this kid's doing what he thinks is best for him. And Rice is obviously very close to home. And he wants to be the guy. He really wants to be the guy. And he's going to have an opportunity to do that at Rice. So where does that leave Utah? Well, as of right now, they've got two scholarships open for next season. And we know for sure that Salt Lake Community College guard Hunter Erickson is going to take one of those. And honestly, I would not expect Utah to get another commitment for the 2023 recruiting class this cycle. Signing day is in November, and I think that they're just going to let things play out, be patient, and see where things are at the end of the season, whether that's a high school kid, JC, a portal kid, international. We know that Craig talks about going overseas a lot. So I think all options are on the table for that last scholarship. The staff is going to be patient in who they take. We know that they take a very unique approach to recruiting, so nothing would surprise me at this point. And I'll just add one more thing here. Utah was the last of the five schools in his final five to offer him. And I know they don't like to offer publicly because they've been burned in the past at previous stops, but I hope this situation helps them to reevaluate their process a little bit when it comes to identifying talent that they want, those right guys, as Craig likes to call them, and making that offer, making that firm offer and just doing it. Offering one or two guys to show them how special they are to you only works if you land them. So again, here's hoping that they refine that process moving forward. All right, Chris Burgess can't come on this show, but he can go on Bill Riley's show, and he did a few weeks back. So I'd like to play a couple of audio clips from Chris and react to them. In the first clip, Bill asks him what he or the coaching staff has learned about this group of players. Take a listen. You know what? We, we have, first of all, we have really good depth. Like, we have a lot of guys, um, like, competing. Where, like, certain days, certain guys are, you know, really, really rise. And other days, certain other guys, um, like, you know what I mean, rise and pop. And so, we have some really good depth. Um, I think that we, you know, our, like, our size, physicality, and the length 
is uh, much different, right? Just adding uh, even guys like Gavin or, or, or Ben Carlson and, and, and a couple of the freshmen, Luca and Will, and then, and then combining that with Brandon and Marco. Like, I love our size. I think we, can, I think we have a team that can really um, defend and really rebound. But I love our depth. I love the physicality. And I think uh, that was probably one of the key things in the offseason, right, they wanted to address, which is the, the, you know, our bodies, right, bigger bodies, longer. And so I thought that the coach – and these coaches have done a great job. And, like, our guys did a really good job with Coach, you know, Coach Ogden in the weight room as well, like pushing themselves and, 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 and getting that, getting their bodies right. But that, that's one thing I thought. I was like, man, we got some depth. We got some competition. I mean, that's good. That's really good. All right, so just a couple of highlights there. The size, the physicality, the length. It's going to help them defend. It's going to help them rebound. The players have done a good job of getting their bodies right, getting in the weight room, working with Coach Ogden. And doing some of the other things that they need to do to be ready for this season. And that kind of parlays into the fact that they've got some good quality depth. I've mentioned this a million times, and I'm sorry for repeating myself. But watching the team last year against Colorado, you just looked up and down that bench. And it was like, we don't have anyone else that we can turn to now to stop the bleeding here. And to help that, and so hopefully the depth is real and not hyperbole because they need it. You've got to be able to overcome one injury or even two injuries. And the Pac 12 schedule is such a grind that you know that guys are going to miss time, you know that guys are going to be out, and, and then of course you've got foul trouble and other things like that. So the depth has to be real, otherwise, they're going to be right back in the same position that they were last year. Okay, so then a little bit later on, Bill asks him to go in-depth on the bigs, the front court guys that he's been coaching, and here's what he had to say about that group. Yeah, first of all, Brandon Carlson, he's he's everything I thought he would be and more. Like, um, he comes, like, I'm serious, he comes to work, like, every day and wants to be better, wants to come in and watch film. He's special. Like, he's seven feet, he runs the floor, he's added some good weight, and he's so versatile. I think he's super comfortable when he stays in the basket, but he's kind of... He's kind of, you know, he's also, when he gets down low and he's pivoting, he's hard to guard. He can really elevate above you. Um, he has a special knack, right, rebound the ball, and he, he can really run. All of our Utah fans know this. I've been really impressed with just his work ethic and wanting to, like, this kid's dying to make the NCAA tournament, right? And he's put in a ton of work this offseason um, on the court and off the court. Gavin Baxter, I, I got, he's working every day with me 1-0 uh, or 5-0 get, get going to the set. I'm putting him through some really good workouts right now, which is getting into his lungs, trying to get him to get in shape a little bit, but also um, every day trying to trust his knee, trust cutting, uh, accelerating, decelerating, um, you know, roll, jump stopping, going to the basket, back picking, popping for a shot or a screen. So he's doing all those things, and we're building up his his confidence manually just as much as his movement. And he's doing therapy and weight training every day with Trevor Jameson and, and Logan Ogden. So he's coming along. Ben Carlson, he's been so well coached, right? He played in Wisconsin, played in the Big Ten. He's got a physical, uh, you know, thing about him, right, where he just, he has this ability to go grab two-handed Big Ten type rebounds. That's kind of how, I know it's a weird, like, way to, like, talk about it, but, like, I'm like, man, that's a Big Ten rebound, right? We just don't get it with two hands, right? And, and so he can, he's a, he, he didn't shoot the ball great last year, but, like, he's got a good stroke. Like, you're going to have to guard him. He's going to command some space on the court. And between him and Brandon Carlson out there together, that's going to be that's going to be a fun little Carlson connection with the way they can command space uh, inside and outside. And then of course my my freshman Kaba, right? This guy's a physical specimen, 
big uh, Pac-12 body. Like, this guy defensively has a knack. Like, he grabs rebounds, and I'm like, that's different, right? Like, he just went over Brandon Carlson, right? Or he just he just does things that are just super different. He's coming along offensively. Film work is huge for him. Um, so he can see it, right? He can understand the terminology we're using when we're saying certain things. So he can see the reads because the game's fast for every freshman. I don't care where you're from. The game is always fast for freshmen, especially for post players. I was a post player, and, and I felt the same way. And so watching film helps the game slow down so he can see it. So then next time he's out there, hopefully he can make those reads. But I'm telling you defensively, this kid is special. Like his ability to guard the post, defend the ball screen, switch at times. And then he just grabs rebounds where it's like, holy cow, like our guys did a great job boxing out, but they still can't get it, right? Like he just comes up with them. So those are a little bit of our guys I'm excited about. I love the depth we have. I like all those guys got great length. They got great athleticism. And so it, it, it puts us in the mix of what we're, where we should be for a Pac-12 um, front court. All right, so just a couple of highlights from those comments. Brandon Carlson, great work ethic, special. We here at the Running Hoops Podcast agree uh, this is a special player, and he's really super talented, and if he can stay healthy, he's going to have a big, big season and a big impact on this team. Gavin Baxter, looking good, learning to trust that leg, getting some endurance. He's coming along. I think that he could be cleared within a week to 10 days. I mean, if you think about the calendar that they've talked about since the beginning of practice, we're right in that time frame where Gavin could be cleared at any moment, and that's going to be a big boost to the team as well. Ben Carlson, right, BC 2.0, he gets up there and he grabs those Big Ten rebounds. I love that. I don't know if they still do this, but at Michigan State, one of the things that they used to do in their rebounding drills was they'd put guys in football pads, like going up against each other for rebounds just to understand the kind of physicality that it takes to get a rebound. And so for Ben Carlson to have done that at Wisconsin in the last couple of seasons, I think that's going to be a big help. He's a true four, which, you know, that's going to help this team. There's no question about it. And then Kebiketa, physical specimen, Pac-12 body, does things that are different. He can see it, but now he's got to translate that into the reads he makes on the court. He can be special on defense, and he's a great rebounder. Now, Bill followed up with questions about Ben Carlson and on Kebiketa and their readiness to play in the Pac-12 right now. Chris Burgess said Ben Carlson has been coached well. He came in with no ego. He works hard. They've got a ton of confidence in him. And then the follow-up on Keba was, will he have a role? And You know, Chris didn't say definitively, yes, he will, but he can defend and he can rebound. And so in a Craig Smith system, on a Craig Smith team, he's going to compete for time. And honestly, that may be all they need Kebiketa to do in year one is get those extra possessions on offense, like on the offensive glass, and limit the other team's possessions on defense with a good, strong rebound. So good stuff there from Chris Burgess. If you haven't listened to that, the full interview is over on ESPN 700's website in their archive. They've been giving Bill some great access to the players and coaches, so I would encourage you to go and listen to all of those interviews, Craig Smith, Chris Burgess, Marco Anthony, some of the other players. 
we don't hear enough from these guys. And so when we do, it's really a good opportunity to hear from them and get to know them a little bit better. All right, there will be no night with the running Utes this year. I'll give you my thoughts on that right after these words from one of our sponsors. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about a product that has changed the way I sleep. Pillow Fight. Pillow Fight helps you invest in your rest. I used to be one of these folks who tossed and turned, couldn't quite get comfortable on my pillow, but not anymore. Not since I bought my Pillow Fight pillow. Their premium pillows and bedding products will change your life without emptying your wallet. Go to pillow-fight.com today to check them out and enter the promo code RUNNINHOOPS at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. That's right, 20% off. Again, that website, pillow-fight.com. All right, so typically around this time of year, men's and women's college basketball teams will have some kind of showcase event for the fans that kind of tips off the new season in an effort to gin up some excitement for the new players and for the upcoming season. Some years ago, it was Midnight Madness, right? Kicking off the season with the first practice of the year, literally at midnight, the first day that you could legally practice. That turned into showcase events for the fans, including at Utah, Night with the Running Utes. Over the years, it has taken on a number of different iterations, including adding the women's team to it. You've got dunk contests, three-point contests, kind of like what you get at the All-Star Game. But this year, they aren't doing one at all. Now, keep in mind, some schools have already done one or will still do one, but not Utah. They've decided that it's not important, and I have some thoughts. So let me be clear. This is a total and complete abject failure from top to bottom in the athletic department and the basketball program. If I were to assess blame on like a blame pyramid, it would probably go Mark Harlan, Craig Smith, 1 and 1A, any other associate athletic directors that are not pushing for this event would be next, and the SIDs, who at this point seem to be a little anti-fan in terms of player access, promotion, and general curmudgeonness. So let's dig into this a little bit. What you have here is a basketball program that has very little fan support right now. Now, the A number one reason for that is because the team hasn't been very good for several years. It's why Craig is at Utah in the first place. I had Bill Riley on the podcast during the offseason, and he said, look, it's as simple as that. You've got to win games. An 11-20 record last year, which included a 4-16 record in league play, would certainly confirm that. And during last year's losing season, there were often a ton of red seats visible on TV and the curtains were down in the upper bowl, which we've talked about on this podcast and on Twitter and other places. And all of the former players I've had on have talked about how embarrassing that is, especially given the rich history of the basketball program and what a tough place to play the Huntsman Center used to be. As a result of all of those losses last year, Several players either left or were shown the door. Five, to be exact. There are now six new players on this year's team. Seven, if you count the return of Hunter Meacham as a walk-on return missionary. We've heard both Craig Smith and Chris Burgess and others talk up this squad about how big they are, how athletic they are, how they've got the right guys. Then show us! If you want people to show up to your games during the regular season, which outside of league play is a pretty brutal schedule, you've got to showcase this team as much as you possibly can. 
Sure, the diehards know who these guys are, and we're all excited for Kebe Keita and Will Exact and Mike Saunders, among others, but your average fan and your average student has no idea who these guys are. And if you want to create a good student section, you've got to get them invested in these players or at least invested in creating an atmosphere at the games that is tough for other teams to walk into. On average, the must brings about seven to 8,000 students to the football games for every home game, no matter the opponent. If you were being generous, and I mean really generous, I think you could say that there were two, maybe 300 students at the basketball games last year, and many of them weren't sitting with the Muss because they didn't have to see empty seats all over the arena. I mean, on a given night in an on-campus arena, you should be able to get a thousand students to the game just by stumbling into the arena, walking through campus. Nevertheless, you've got to do a better job of promoting the team and players. Coffee with Craig is great. Very nice. Great idea. I'm sure that folks were up late working on that one. But how about promoting the players a little bit? One of the reasons that fans soured on Larry in his last few years was that not only did the team not win, but the program was very closed off. And I mean really closed off. They didn't want you to know who they were recruiting. They didn't want you to know what games they had on the schedule. After bad losses, Larry would send out one of his assistants to address the media. We've even heard from some former players that there was no engagement with them at all. And then after the season was over, we would go months and not hear word one about the basketball program, other than when a player transferred out, and then we get some kind of general statement wishing that player well. I think most of us thought that, that was a Larry thing. But here we are in year two of Craig Smith, and some of this stuff appears to be cultural within the athletic department. And I'm not even saying the coaches are at fault here, because I think they've done a better job of trying to be accessible, but it's still not great. At other schools, new players are made available to the media for a press conference when they sign. And look, there are a lot of coaches out there that you, if you can get a microphone in their face, they'll talk to you for 20, 30 minutes. Any chance they get, they want to speak. At Utah? No. We're getting some really good content and some really good videos here and there. And that stuff is really great. But it's still few and far between. And honestly, that's what's a bit frustrating. Those insider things they did with Bill, those were great. Do more of that. Also, don't release them at 7 o'clock on a Friday night or 6.30 in the morning on a Saturday morning. Be a little bit more strategic about when you release your content so that you can get the maximum number of eyes on those things. When Chris Burgess showed back up on campus a few months ago, there should have been a press conference that day, not, not just a 20-minute interview on a random Tuesday with Bill, and then another one a few days later with Spence. To quote Scott Van Pelt from Bad Beats, what are you doing? Now, if that doesn't work to build excitement among the fans and students, and hey, I'm at least open to the idea that it might not, then give them free stuff. Utah State just did its version of Night with the Running Utes and gave all of the students free pizza. You think the students wouldn't come out for free pizza? Have you been on a college campus? I hope so. You work there. Right now, the state of Utah is enjoying a bit of a renaissance 
in college basketball. The spectrum at Utah State is packed. The Marriott Center at BYU is packed. Those two places have done a great job of really engaging the students and getting them into the arena and creating an atmosphere that is difficult for teams to come in and play in. And look, I don't think BYU is going to be as good as they were last year. And I think that that's a game that Utah could get. But I can promise you this. It's going to be a loud, hostile, tough environment. Right now, Utah can't draw flies, even for Arizona. Except for Arizona fans, and they're obnoxious. Let me just bottom line this for you. Is that there is absolutely no excuse for not having some kind of public exhibition for the students and fans and putting it on TV. Are you afraid that LIU is going to get the drop on you? As Ryan Leaf might say, knock it off. I believe that there are fans out there that are looking for a reason to support this team, and you've got to give them one. I've talked to just about every new player on the team for the podcast. These are guys that are easy to root for. Mike Saunders, Will Exact, Ben Carlson, Gavin Baxter. And the ones that are coming back, they are too. Lazar Stefanovic's energy last year was awesome. Brandon Carlson, who you can listen to every two weeks on the Running Hoops podcast, literally fought through injuries last year to try and be on the floor as much as possible. They had to give him COVID and appendicitis to knock him out of the lineup. I could do this for our entire roster. But by not electing to even try to put on some kind of event for your fans, you are showing that you are a little bit anti-fans and that you don't really care how the basketball team performs or whether or not they have a home court advantage. And that, to me, is flat out not okay. I'm actually amazed that Mark Harlan, who has spent time at both UCLA and Arizona, doesn't seem to get this. Now, hey, I've heard that there are some good reasons out there for not doing night with the running Utes this season. And I'm sure that in that building, they might think that as they look at line items on a spreadsheet. But these players deserve better than what the school is giving them, period. But hey, if anyone from the program would like to tell me why I'm wrong, open invitation. You are welcome on the podcast anytime. But that is going to do it for this episode of the Running Hoops podcast. I want to thank you as always for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Running Hoops. You can also support RNIL efforts with Brandon on Venmo at Running Hoops. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, rate and review the show. Believe it or not, it helps out a ton. But until next time, I'm Andrew Froley. This is the Running Hoops podcast. And as always, go Utes.